We talk PT, drink beer, and record it. Like craft beer for your ears. This is the PT Pinecast. Ladies and gents, welcome to the show. This is PT Pinecast, a podcast that saves physical therapists from missing out on amazing insight, remarkable ideas, and motivational stories. Welcome, welcome, welcome to the show. They say the best conversations happen at happy hour. I agree. Welcome to ours. Uh, very excited to have you on the show today. Uh, also want to make sure you know about something pretty cool. We always like to uh, to share stuff like on the social media when we know something cool within the profession is going on. And uh, we had a little, a little preview of a, of a conference that brings bringing together four APTA state chapters. Let's see if I can do this. Massachusetts, Connecticut, New Hampshire, and Rhode Island. That was, uh, that was the last episode that we released. And that is the Northeast Regional Virtual Conference. And that's going on uh, live on November 7th with a variety of programming. And again, it's four different state chapters coming together. If there was one more chapter, it would be even more like Voltron. It's it's very close. It's it's the arms and the legs. We're just looking for the torso there, if you follow my Voltron reference. But uh, Northeast Regional Virtual Conference, November 7th. And if you jump into that, we're going to drop the link so you can get into that conference in the comments below and include it in the show notes. Uh, the programming for that conference is available through January 31st. So if you're saying, oh, November 7th, uh, Jimmy, I can't do it. That's cool. Um, programming going to be available through the end of the year. So value is just a couple of bucks. You don't have to go through TSA or anything to fly anywhere. No hotel, no getting the electronic key card, and then you get all the way, all the way to your room. And it's like demagnetized. And they're like, did you put it near anything magnetic? And you're like, well, yeah. And then they're like, we'll give you another one. And then you walk back to your room like, is this just me? I'm the only person who does that, huh? Okay, good. Uh, but Northeast Regional Virtual Conference, November 7th through January 31st. Uh, the link is now in the comments below if you're watching the show live. Uh, don't forget to subscribe to the podcast, iTunes, Spotify, Google Podcasts, wherever good podcasts are heard. And now, of course, video casting these on YouTube, Facebook, and Twitter at PT Pinecast on all of the socials. we got a great show for you tonight. I'd like to mix it up a little bit and bring in some topics that maybe we haven't talked about before. Maybe we haven't talked about um, enough. And that's what we're doing tonight. We're digging in to some topics that are affecting physical therapist assistance. So let's do this. Let's bring on our guest tonight, PTA Casey Klein. Welcome to the show. Hi, thanks for having me. Casey Klein, welcome to the program. Thank you. I'm excited to be here. What's your superhero backstory? What's uh, what's the the thing that you tell people when they say, "Hey, Casey, tell me about you"? How do you how do you answer? Oh my gosh. Um, well, professionally, I start off with you know I was planning on being in the medical field, but didn't know really really know where I was going to be. My whole family is firefighters and EMTs and stuff, and so I was like, "Oh, I'll do that." And then I saw what that actually was and decided it was not for me. Um, okay. Injured my knee, went to physical therapy, and I was like, "Wait, I can get paid to work out." and be inside in Arizona, done. Um, and so the journey was. So here I am all these years later and loving life. And then where in the profession, what's what's setting? Like, you know, we know Arizona, but, uh, you know, wh who do you get to work with and treat? Yeah, a huge variety. So currently I'm at Midwestern University in their outpatient clinic, um, but their clinic is associated with the DPT program. So we see neuro and outpatient. We're here for the students to get their clinical education, but we're also here for the public and serve the public. Cool. So it's a really cool um, kind of cutting edge research-based facility. And it's awesome. That's cool. All right, Casey, we get the hard questions out of the way first. You want to yeah. get the hard question out of the way first. So what are we drinking? I'm drinking a Truly tonight, a raspberry lime. It's very uh, standard. Where did, go, like, 
I feel like eight months ago, those things really weren't around, like the Trulies and the White Claws and the High Noons, by the way. If anybody yes. out there has your hands on a High Noon, then send them my way. Um, I, I dig them a lot, personally. Uh, I'm doing a, uh, a Goose Island IPA. Had some of those, so cheers to you, Casey. Cheers. Uh, first round brought to you by our friends from uh, Owens Recovery Science. Always want to say hi to the partners keeping us on the uh, on the air, keeping the pirate ship going here. Uh, find them online at owensrecoveryscience.com. A single source for PTs looking for certification and personalized blood flow restriction rehabilitation training and the equipment you need to apply it properly in cl- clinical practice. They have their own podcast as well, Owens Recovery Science. Check them out on iTunes. And uh, Johnny Owens was really prominently featured in an ESPN special that uh, came out not long ago called Project 11 that featured the return, the rehabilitation of uh, quarterback Alex Smith. And now he's doing great. So if that's not a testament to what Johnny and his team get to do, I don't know what is Casey. But again, find him online, owensrecoveryscience.com. All right. So welcome to the show. We got that out of the way. So first topic we wanted to throw toward you and see what you thought about. Why should a PTA, why should a physical therapist assistant, not physical therapy assistant, make sure you know that, yes. it, physical therapist assistant, uh, be part of the patient's plan of care? Really, this is like your pitch for your colleagues and yourself. Like why, why do they need to be part of a patient's plan of care? Yeah, I mean, why not, first of all? Um, but secondly, I, we talk so much about the therapeutic alliance between the PT and the um, and the patient. And so, you know, you have to build that therapeutic alliance and that trust and that rapport with the patient. But really, if you look at it, you have to have the PTA aspect of it. If you have any idea that your PTA is going to be a part of the therapeutic team, they have to be a part of the conversation and build that rapport with your PTA as well. Um, so bringing that, it kind of also goes into when you're in the evaluation and you think that the PTA might be um, treating this patient at some point in time, whether it's the next visit or later down the road, even on the eval, I would bring the PTA in and just say, this is so-and-so and they're going to be part of your treatment plan and here's what we're planning on doing and i'm confident that they can take you through the exercises as we need them to so that's it did a couple things right there number one it showed it instilled confidence like the the the, yeah. the, the physical therapist is saying listen this is this is my pta colleague uh, I am 100% confident in their ability and they'll be able to take you through the plan of care. Number two, I like this. It sets expectations. Right. I hate it. Patients hate it when they show up and they go, wait, wait, wait. Last time I saw this girl and now I'm seeing this girl. Who's this guy? Where did he come from? Bringing them in right from the start seems like it sets up proper expectations. And that is definitely exactly. something you want to do in terms of communication, right? Right. And especially like you want to try to create consistency with each time, each time the patient comes in that they're not seeing four and five different people, or they're not seeing a different person every time. So you want to be consistent with your treatment. But even if you introduce on the first visit, and it may not be the second time that they see that person, but the third or fourth visit, they come in, at least they know at some point, I may make contact with this person. And I'm confident that they're going to know everything that's going on. And they're capable of taking care of me. Um, Let me ask you this, then. Uh, where does the conversation between the PTA and the PT begin, right? Because we've got to we've got to make sure that everybody's we setting expectations. So, right. as a physical therapist assistant and the PT, where does that where does that conversation need to start in terms of hey, I would love to be brought. If you're a PTA saying is hey, I I think this is great. I heard Casey on this crazy podcast, and she sounds like she had this great idea. If we're not doing that, uh, how would you bring that up with the with the physical therapist you work with? So. 
I have I have a splintering of ideas on this. Um, right. and the first is <laughs> the first is it starts in PT and PTA school. I think there needs to be more collaboration there to have an under a better understanding of the role of a PTA because PTAs know very well what a PT does, but it's not often that they understand the, the reverse. Agree. So I think it starts there. Secondly, if we're past that point and you're in the clinic, I think it's just a matter of having the conversation with the PT on a on a separate day and time that says. Hey, when you let's we're working together. Let's work together. Let's find a way that we can co co treat our patients as colleagues and as one. How do you? And this is really the PTA's job: is how do you PT want your patients to be treated? What's your expectations? Because I'm supposed to be a chameleon, and I'll change what I need to do to match what your plan of care is. Let's just have a conversation about it, and then that way we're a united front to the patient. And then there's no. Um, there's you know, good, expectations. good yeah. expectations. I never thought about it like that, right? I mean, you mentioned that word chameleon. I don't think anybody's ever said that on, on this show to me, which is, yeah, there's probably a lot of you, uh, you know, during your day switching how you do things based on the conversations you've likely had with your PT account uh, with your PT counterparts. Absolutely. And I mean, it's even something as simple as like the name of the exercise. Like right. this person calls it a lower trunk rotation, but that person calls it the, I don't even know what, a serpentine. I don't know. But it, just the names of the, the exercises sure. are completely different. The rationale behind why you're doing certain exercises is completely different from one PT to the next. So you, if you're in a clinic with three and four different PTs and you're the only PTA, I got to learn that this is a cobra and this is a snake and this is a this, but it's all the same exercise, but it's all for different reasons. And so you really have to modify and change based off of the setting you're in. Sounds like you're just focusing on basics, right? Everything we've talked about so far in the first 10 minutes is basics, right? Setting expectations, yeah. using similar language, um, you know, including people throughout the process, not surprising people. Nothing right. we've seen here is super high level, except we know that doing the basics well gets you to a high level. That, that in exactly. fact, is a high level, right? Exactly. Absolutely. I mean, it, we all talk about like ethics of care and the, the best patient care and all this stuff. But the reality of it is when you get into a clinic, I think a lot of people get into that tunnel vision thing of, I just got out of school and I need to do the right thing. And I don't know if I've got the right tools. And, and you're so worried about whatever that you're forgetting about being nice to everybody else and coming together. And because you're so focused on just yeah. trying to do the next treatment. I can see that. I get locked up in that too, which is like, I mean, even sometimes on this podcast where, you know, we've got, we've got things popping up on the screen and I'm changing camera angles. And sometimes I'm like, Hey, you're supposed to be having fun. And like, that's a good reminder, which is like, this is supposed to be fun. This is supposed to be uh, interactive with the patient if you're in treatment. And, but sometimes we do as humans, we know this from neuro, right? When we get really locked in, this is why when I'm driving and I'm lost, I turn the radio down. doesn't make any sense, but it does. <laughs> right. I need to minimize the, the rage against the machine so I can find, you know, whatever street I'm supposed to turn on. Exactly. Absolutely. So, so that, that, uh, but I bet like reducing um, confusion and having good conversations, you're never needing to, in the back of your head, wonder, is this PT watching me from across the room? Are they wondering what I'm doing? Like that's out because you've had that conversation and you know, right. you, you know, you can, you can have a comfortable conversation then afterwards. So setting expectations is probably something that's not talked about nearly enough. No, nowhere near enough. And I think that that also kind of goes into maybe the next topic of in terms of microaggressions towards PTAs, um, because if you don't have that communication and that um, line of communication with your PT or that understanding with your PT and the expectations set, you are thinking, 
are they looking over my shoulder? Am I doing something wrong? What am I doing that they're not, now they don't trust me to treat their patients. So now they're not going to delegate to me. And it kind of just goes into this snowball effect that may all just be in your head, but yeah. you wouldn't know if you didn't have that conversation to begin with. Yeah. Expectations that can tire you out. I mean, no one wants to work like that. Right. I mean, I've worked, I've worked under, you know, bosses where I've always been wondering, like, am I not doing enough? Am I doing too much? Is this what you want? Is it? And honestly, like a lot, a lot of times, like I I don't know a statistic here, Casey, but most of the times the things we're worrying about aren't as bad as we think, but they can get in our way until we ask, or God forbid you don't ask. And then it's in your way the whole time. And that's sort of the definition of a microaggression. So um, by definition, microaggression is those micro insults, micro incivilities, micro little um, death by a thousand paper cuts that don't, they aren't one big event that happened. It's all these tiny little things that just build and build and build until you have that, you you reach that boiling point. Now, microaggressions are specific to um, minorities in terms of ethnicity and race and gender. But if you look at it from a professional standpoint, you know, the PT to the PTA, the doctor to the nurse, the doctor to the PA, any of those hierarchy balance, um, you know, differences there are going to have those little insults that just cut away at you and can all be taken away if you just open the line of communication. Yeah, yeah. You, you highlight that with you know death by a thousand paper cuts, which is a good analogy to use. But uh, that's yeah. uh, it's not it's not one it's not tra- it's not one trauma, right? It's right. it's not necessarily it's it's chronic over time, but that can wear on you. And this is where you're supposed to be, you know, using using your education to the fullest and and like coming to work. And if that's right. there, that can't be a good working environment. No one wins. Right. That. Well, and I think the worst offense is when you have, um, you know, it's meant to be a joke and it's meant to be funny, but when you're in the clinic and your PT is talking to that patient and is saying the little things of like, okay, we're going to do this exercise. And if you end up sore, it's the PTA's fault. If you end up sore or hurt, it's Casey's fault. Like that just sets you up for now the patient doesn't have trust in me because um, haha, they laughed at it. It's a joke, but I don't know that I trust the PTA now because they are the assistant. They're not the doctor that, you know, it, it snowballs into that thing where you you're putting this person on blast in front of patients right. in front of colleagues, in front of students or whoever to have the expectations that, Oh, ju- they're just the PTA. And what do you, what are you supposed to do while that's happening? You just kind of, what, what, what else can you do? Smile. Right. and. Uh, this is why setting expectations and having that conversation before and exactly. Jimmy jumped in. It's all really about everybody buying into the PTA, or excuse me, PT, PTA team culture. That's expectations. Exactly. Culture is is a, a bunch of expectations, right? It's what society is. This is what I expect of you. And this is your these are your rights within your, your right to feel safe and feel welcome. But you also have responsibilities. It's my responsibility to treat you in such a way because I would like to be treated right. in such a way. Right. Well, and then the PT, like, I think that's where it also goes back to beginning the conversation in the education system in schools, because if the PT's expectation, like if the PT has no idea what the role of a PTA is, there's just this thing called a PTA and they have some schooling and they have some understanding of patient care, but I don't really know what it is. I don't know what their scope of practice is of what they can and cannot do. So I don't know how much I trust them and I don't know what I want to give them. Like, you know, it starts with the PTA's understanding or the PT's full understanding of what the PTA can and cannot perform. And this isn't to say that a PTA is trying to steal the steal the patient care from the PT. It's just that we have a knowledge base. We're capable of treating these patients, have confidence that we can treat these patients. Um, 
And, and there's a whole algorithm on what you should and should not delegate to a PTA. There are limitations to what we can do. Yeah. Uh, Eddie Chapman in here saying, too, at the same time, it's PTAs need to be able to stand their ground. Absolutely. You're professionals. Yeah. I, I would not want to work with someone. I would not not someone work for me. I would not want to work with someone yeah. um, who wasn't going to give me their honest opinion. Right. I, I think I would personally, I, mean, I would be, feel like I would be missing out on insight. You've right. got experience I don't have, even if we went through the same school. Right. You've got different life experience. You probably have seen different things. That's an yeah. advantage. Yeah. If you're not paying attention to that, shame on you. Yeah, absolutely. I mean, everybody can bring something to the table. And, you know, we should be able to feel comfortable and confident to, to stay to that PT. You know, hey, you know, I don't really agree with this treatment. Or maybe not even I don't agree with this treatment, but could you explain to me your rationale of why you want me to perform this treatment? Because here's my understanding of it. And this is where I think it will lead to what's your rationale. And maybe your understanding of it will show me that you're looking at it from a different angle, but also my perspective of, you know, especially those PTs and the PTAs who've gotten those patients for the last 10 visits. So the PT has done the eval and then the PTA has seen them the last 10 visits. I've seen them progress. I know where they're at. I know where they are going and heading and where they are and are not making gains. So I don't understand why this curveball is here. So I don't have an, I think PTA shouldn't have a problem with that communication with the PT, but understanding that at the end of the day, it is the PT's decision. So having that standpoint and being, but again, opening that, that line of communication, that dialogue. Everything you just said there is, is about communication and relationship. Again, like if you're listening or watching, we're paying attention to the basics. And if we learned anything in PT and PTA school, it is the basics are the most important thing to pay attention to. And this is about language. Like, um, you know, walk me through your thought process in this. Yeah. That's not that's not confrontational. Help me yeah. understand this better. I do I don't I don't know if I follow, but I want to. That just says like I'm willing to come to where you are right now. I'm willing to meet you where you are. Um and letting someone see your why, as Eddie is denoting here, right? Yeah, it's all about the why. Let me peek into your head. That's another good one, right? Help me understand. Let me peek into your head. What are you seeing that makes you want to do this? Yeah. And again, like, maybe you didn't see it. Like, right. go into it honestly, right? But yeah. if you go into it like this, and for the podcast listeners, it's really bad to do physical gestures for a podcast. <laughs> arm crossed and leaning in and, and squinty-eyed and saying, like, uh, wh wh why are you doing that? Right. Um, you're never going to win. Also, doing it in front of the patient. I don't, which direction? I don't care which direction. Never a great idea. Ever, ever, ever. Like if you cannot, if you're trying to have to figure that out in front of the patient, now the patient really doesn't trust you. And they're like, I'm out. Peace. <laughs> I'll go to a different clinic. Thank you. Yeah. They're, they're out. Yeah. Tone of voice matters as well. Samantha coming in there. Yeah. I mean, that's, that's, you know, this is, this is where it comes into to my background, right? You've got verbal, nonverbal and paraverbal. So you got what you're saying, what you're not saying, and then also what you're saying, but how you're saying it. Right. Casey, I really value your opinion. Casey, I really value your opinion. Like those two things like are, are said differently and we need to understand that and respect that communication. So you're talking about microaggressions within the clinical setting, within the team. What happens though? This is a great, this is a great suggestion that just came up from, from Jimmy Piscini. He, he mentioned no one asks PTs when they're going back to school. So like, how do you handle this? Because, you know, the, everybody outside the clinic, we can't educate everyone, right? right? We're working on relationships between PTs and PTs, PTs and PTAs, PTA, you know, inside the clinic. Right. But what, what do you do? What's the best strategy to employ here 
when you've got to educate and realize that, you know, this is going to come up, you're never going to end this flow of questioning or this is, they, they might not be asking it as a microaggression or they right. might be like, what do you do here? Right. I mean, I have a couple of different ways to do this. I mean, if the patient is just genuinely asking me, I have no problem just educating them because they don't know. They, they don't, they're in some other completely like finance and business world. They have no idea how the system works. So I have no problem educating them. Um, but I, I think my favorite go-to is, um, you know, when someone wants to loan me $300,000, I would gladly go to PT school. <laughs> sure. I'd be in PT school yesterday if somebody wants to give me $200,000. Well, I mean, let, let, all right, hold on a second, but don't do that because, <laughs> because you went to school and you're an educated professional. So like, you know, I don't want you to have to deflect like that. Well, and and that's true. And so I do I do oftentimes go to actually I'm licensed. I'm fully yeah. licensed. I've been treating for the last six years. Like I do I do bolst myself up that way. Good. So I start with, you know, I went to school, I'm certified, I'm licensed through the state. I had to take the same national board. I had to, you know, go through all the credentialing, all of that. So I'm fully licensed and, and capable. Um, maybe one day when somebody wants to loan me that money, I'll go back to PT school, but <laughs> right now I'm happy being debt free. Yeah. But, I I mean, one of my um, kind of, it, it does get under my skin a little bit, especially being in a teaching institute associated with a DPT program is, oh, when do you graduate? And it's like, oh, All right. is that, is that, yeah. I, I mean, I can completely see where that would great right after a while, totally. but you know, that's, that's misunderstanding. That's not understanding. That's, right. you know, you're in a certain, right. I mean, I can, I can see that. Um, I don't know. I, I I wouldn't want my PTA colleagues to have to do that. Like it, it to right. me, it, it hurts. Like it hurts to know that you have to do that. But I would say, listen. Right. Like, have you ever used like the analogy of like, would this be good to set it up as in like physician, physician's assistant? Like we are both like no. Do do I, I don't know. Do people ask PAs when they're going back they're to going school? back to doctor school? Yeah. Right. Like. I don't know. I, don't know. I feel like I the know. expectations with the PT or with the doctor and the PA though is people already have an understanding that a PA is like a graduate level degree, right? right. PTAs are associate level degrees. And that's a whole, that's a rabbit hole that we could go on for a long <laughs> time about education on PTAs. But, um, you know, PTAs are just, just the associates level degree. And you can go on and get your bachelor's or some people have their bachelor's and already, um, you know, I'm working on my master's right now. So I'm, I'm moving up those ladders. It's just not in physical therapy related. It's in education. So I can go back to be a PTA educator. Right. So it's, I don't know. Um, but I think, I think that conversation about PTA education needs to definitely uh, kick into high gear about changing us to a bachelor's, but that's a rabbit hole. All right. I, I do like rabbit holes, but we've got other holes to dig into today. All right. So that's what we're talking about in terms of microaggressions. So we, we, we've talked about that. Mm -hmm. It's going to happen. So let's make sure that, you know, you listen to Casey and some other tactics and like what you what you can do well that will that will turn the conversation into a learning experience where everybody's is happy right. or happier, I should say. How about PTA inclusive language? And this can this this has an opportunity to pop up a lot of places like, you know, even on websites or in job postings and things like that. So talk about like PTA inclusive language. When I bring that up, what what comes to your mind? A lot of things. Um, so. First of all, PTAs often get mistaken for PT techs. And so that, that terminology sort of interchanges. And I feel like that definitely needs to make a hard stop. And we need to differentiate between the two, first of all. Second of all, if I may pick on you slightly just a little bit, okay. it's like PT Pintcast. Right. Well, Although it's physical therapy as a profession. Correct. 
Yes. But it's the, the motto is we're here for a physical therapist to learn and grow and all this stuff. And it's like, so it's not that you've left us out by any means and not, that's not your intention to leave the PTA out. It's just not there. It's almost like the after like PT pub night. Right. Pub night is the profession as a whole. It's the umbrella, but the, as a PTA personally, I mean, I don't know if any other PTAs listening could, you know, would disagree with me on this, but when you look at it and you think, Oh, PT pub night, I know for me personally, I didn't join for probably three years. I didn't go to a PT pub night because I thought it was exclusive to PTs. Wow. And then somebody told me, Oh no, no, no. It's, it's anybody in the profession. It's just con ed. It's just getting together and chatting about the profession. And I was like, are you sure? And then I went to one and I was like, oh, this is not okay. Like on websites, it's all about the physical therapist. And then over on one little blurb, it's like PTAs, click here. Like, okay, we're all in it for the profession, but. Right, so how do we improve? How do we improve and make things more inclusive? What, do we, what are some tactics we could employ and make sure we're doing this tomorrow? I feel like that's something that where you just change it to as we as we differentiated in the very beginning, it's not physical therapy assistant, it's physical therapist assistant. So when you're right. doing things like PT pub night, PT pintcast, it's physical therapy instead of physical therapist. It sounds so minute and and silly, but I feel like it just it seems more inclusive and not having a completely separate website or completely separate web page that really talks about all the exact same stuff. It's just it's over here instead of on the main page. So little things. I, I think the the theme that I'm hearing from you is think about it. Yeah. Like, think before you act, right? Don't In let order- it be an afterthought. Right. Don't let it be an afterthought. Um, so uh, topic I wanted to bring up, I'm not sure we can go, you know, two or three feet in uh, in this day and age as we in these unprecedented times. By the way, if I never say unprecedented times again, I will be there <laughs> for it. But talk about a specific the specific impact of COVID-19 on physical therapy assistance. Like how, how is this? Let's make, let's make sure we're more inclusive. How is this maybe different than, than physical therapists? Yeah, it's, it's really, uh, so again, this is a splintering conversation that could go in a lot of different directions. But so back in June, I pulled um, a group of PTAs. I had a, I had a um, response of about 460 P- wow. PTAs response. Um, that basically showed a roughly 19% of them were unemployed directly related to COVID. Wow. In August, same people were polled, same response, and it was about 13%. So there was 15% of people who were unemployed, um, but 13% were directly impacted by COVID. The other, um, so it was about 16, 60% who were employed full-time as of August, but their roles changed. So they're not doing clinical work anymore. They're doing things like temperature taking, admin work, calling the patients, like things like that. So yes, they're still working, but they're they're not doing the PTA role. So it's a huge impact um, employment-wise for, the, for those reasons. But also with all of the budget cuts and everything that's coming up, I also feel like that was a little bit of an excuse to get rid of the PTA. Like they've been thinking about or contemplating laying off or not or not utilizing a PTA due to the budget cuts and then COVID happened and they're like, well, census is down. Guess we can't hear, you know, we need people huh. to do evals and discharges. Here's your door. Sorry. And that was a little bit nicer of a way. And that, that just uh, makes me so mad from a business perspective that you don't value the PTA enough um, that you, I don't know, that you'd rather have the PT. So it, it's really been tough for PTAs out there with COVID. 
what do you think will happen? What's what's your forecast for the next you know six to twelve months for physical therapist assistance? So pendulum swing completely, I think, um, because right now we're seeing where PTAs are not being utilized, but then we're going to see this huge influx of people coming back. There's already you're already seeing all the patients in clinic from um, being sedentary for the last six months ish right. of low back pain and problems. So now you're seeing the influx in that. You're also going to see those COVID patients who are just coming out of the ICU and recovering from COVID who need to get back to their daily activities. So you're going to have this huge like burst of patients who's treating them like you're before COVID you were already having a PTA see 10, 12, 18, 20 patients in a day. And then you're going to get rid of the PTA and expect them to come back and do that same productivity and that same volume. I don't, I don't know how. Um, so I think it's a pendulum swing. I'm hoping it's a pendulum swing yeah. where it comes back that you are going to be needed and that the budget cuts um, won't matter as much because of the offset of the of the productivity. I'm hoping if yeah. I had a crystal ball, I would love it. But yeah, uh, good question, um, which just came. So, so what was the what was the statistic in terms of PTAs who were in your poll that were out of work directly due to COVID? What was that 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 ballpark figure? In June, it was 19 percent. Right. Um, who were unemployed in August, it was about 13% of those who responded. So gotcha. I shouldn't say for everybody, but did we compare this with PTs, uh, j just, just to say like, Hey, is this impacting the profession or, and then where in it, did you do yeah. that? I didn't, I was focusing, I was doing a, um, PTA advocacy talk for the APTA. Um, and I was also doing it just to kind of broadcast to PTAs because on some of the social media sites, I've seen so much doom and gloom of like, well, lost my job. I'm headed off to nursing school now and whatever. So I was trying to just show like, yes, there's a big layoff. There's a big unemployment, but 60% of you are still employed. So it's not that doom and gloom. Right. Um, so I did not compare that to PTs. I wish I had. Yeah. Maybe I will in the future. Like that national averages and stuff like that. And like, you know, you can get into, believe me, you want to talk about rabbit holes. You can get into rabbit holes with the statistics. Oh, One totally. One class that I squeaked by to get into uh, PT school in the first place was statistics. Definitely hired a tutor for that one. But uh, is there anything I didn't ask, anything I didn't bring up that you'd, that you'd want to you know share with the audience or anything we didn't cover? Oh, man, I just feel like we just need to get our voices out there for PTAs overall, um, especially like more representation in the APTA. Um, you know, it, the representation is there, but we're, we're non-voting members. And I just feel like, you know, if you're going to bring a public member into the APTA, um, to have a, a say on the board of director executive level, then you should also have a PTA yep. who's actually has a, you know, a foot in the game in this whole thing. Yeah. Um, I just feel like there needs to be that we're starting to get there. We're starting to have those conversations, but I feel like more of us need to show up to bolster this conversation and get it going. So, yeah. Yeah. Perfect. All right. Um, well, what what could I do? Let me ask. Let me ask a specific pointed question. You mentioned maybe the name of the show. <laughs> yes. Is exclusive. And again, the name of the show was was actually created by one of my roommates in PT school o over a beer at a great bar that no longer exists in Arlington, Virginia. Wow. But it did. It really. It it was PT as a profession, physical therapy as a profession. Right. Um, we've gone out of our way in the last couple months. Only because, honestly, to be dead honest, why we didn't have more PTs on the show, or excuse me, PTAs on the show, is I didn't know if I would be able to ask questions that that PTAs would care to listen to. You know what I mean? Like I didn't know if right. I if, if I would like I was like I don't know if PTAs want to listen to me. Like I, I for me it was like more 
um it was more psychological like i don't, I don't think they care like uh, who care who would care well first of all i didn't think anybody would care listening to this show. <laughs> um, but i was like I, do ptas care about these things and i, I didn't know if i knew enough yeah. to know what ptas cared about or if i'd be qualified to talk about it so what's something i or the show could do that would be more inclusive yeah, I mean, just what you're doing, having PTAs talk, you know, come on to the show and talk. And, um, you know, we're interested in patient care, too. Like, we we need to know patient care because we're seeing patients. Um, you know, I think that's a reason why a lot of PTAs end up in con ed classes, um, especially things like, like I'm getting ready to get certified in the McKenzie courses. I legally cannot perform half the stuff that McKenzie is doing, but I need to know and understand this process so I can better treat my patient. So I leave the you know, some of the diagnosis stuff and some of the assessment stuff to the PT, but I still care about patient care. So just having PTAs on, including them in conversation and just um, making it well known that it's, it is, we're all in this for the profession and the betterment and the treatment of patient care. And we're not in this for physical therapists that are the doctor physical therapist over here. And then the PTA, um, right. it's the brush aside. So I will never brush anyone aside, especially if they would like Thank to have you, a drink. <laughs> Are you ready for three questions? I'm ready. Let's do this. Three questions brought to you by our friends from Aria's Medical Staffing Leaders in hashtag Tribal Physical Therapy. Uh, if you're looking for a position, if you're licensed and you want to do what you want to do, which is be a great PT or PTA, where you want to do it and where you want to do it is personal to you. Check them out online, A-U-R-E-U-S-Medical.com. That is A-U-R-E-U-S-Medical.com. And I will say, don't have a bias. When people hear travel PT, they're like, oh, hey, it's probably just outpatient orthopedics. And maybe there aren't PTA slots. Actually, there are both. And there are multiple settings. And you can travel with a buddy. So you could team up and go, we want to go here. And you can do that. So again, go to that website, A-U-R-E-U-S-Medical.com. Casey Klein, you're in Arizona, but... Let's just say in the future, you have that crystal ball and we can go anywhere we want. Where would you want to go anywhere in the 50 U.S. states? Where's the first place you're going to go post-COVID when it's, when it's safe to fly somewhere? Oh, my gosh. I have a couple of places. Okay. Um, and it depends on the time of year. So it. if it's like summertime, I'm going to Idaho, Wyoming, Montana area. Um, if it's more fall, I want to go to like New York, Boston, New England states. All right. So you're cherry picking. I like that. Oh, about absolutely. Right. <laughs> question is a what question. What's something you've watched, read, or or listened to? A book, a movie, a podcast. This is how I build my Netflix queue, my reading lists, and everything like that. What do you think could bring value to the audience? Um, well, I'm reading the book um, by Ryan Hendrickson that you had on the podcast yeah. not too long ago. So I recommend him. He's awesome. Um, but I'm going to do a two for um, this one. So I would recommend Modern Pain Care. Modern Pain Care is um, awesome in terms of continuing education and getting pain pain science education and um, better critical thinking clinical skills, I think. So yeah. Modern yeah. Pain Care is pretty awesome. Want to give a nod again, Ryan Hendrickson, Tip of the Spear. Great book, great interview. Did an episode with him not long ago. Just yeah. a good story. Awesome story. And the fact that like rehabilitation was in it, I was like, that's, I mean, it, it was a pretty big part of his story. Yeah. Again, yeah. John Owens, uh, nice enough to uh, to get us hooked up with Ryan. I listened uh, to five minutes of that podcast and I went on to Amazon, got his book right then. I was like, yeah. done. Green Beret. Like he, I mean, he could have just went home and been like, you know what? Here's totally a given up. And you're, and just, you know, you know, do anything you want. He's like, I want, this is what I want to do. I'm back. And then yeah. 
the profession got him there. So that's awesome. Tip of this. Awesome. Um, last question we ask, we always start now with people. Who is someone the audience should know more about? Definitely, I would say Mark Cardula, um, Jared Hall, Marcus Lopez. They're all part of the Modern Pink Hair group. Um, really, really sharp group of guys. They, I'm lucky enough to work with Mark Cardula every day. Oh, do um, you really? He, I didn't know do. that. Oh, yeah, he works. Oh. I work with him, and he's tickled my brain to the point of like tears that I just I don't understand. I mean, he's amazing. Like he's totally changed my thought process on patient care and how to talk to patients, how to treat patients. And it has a lot more to do with what's going on up in their head than anything physical. So um, really, really changer, game changer for patient care. I didn't realize you worked with Mark. That's kind of cool. He says hello, by the way. He's awesome. And so he and Jared Hall uh, modern pain care. If you're interested in pain, this is not a paid endorsement. It is an unpaid endorsement, which is some of the best. Yeah. But uh, Jared Hall and I got to team up for the Oxford debate in Chicago a couple of years ago. And I, I don't want to say if we won or lost that, but they did give away a statue. And we, we were in Chicago that year. And I'm just going to say Al Capone is now here on the bookshelf with me in the studio because Love it. we might have come out on top. And he did. He's had some great analogies that were actually related to pain. That year was, is social media hazardous to the professional physical therapy? And I'll just say we were on team hazardous. Hashtag hazardous. Um, All right. That's three questions. Again, brought to you by our friends from Arius Medical Staff. And go to that website, aureusmedical.com. Last thing we do on the show is the parting shot. Party Shot is brought to you by our friends, nay, our colleagues at the Academy of Orthopedic Physical Therapy. Find them online at orthopt.org. They have a lot of things coming out. Um, current concepts of orthopedic physical therapy, if you're looking at your OCS exam in the future, independent study courses, you want to dive into some different stuff. Like, I don't know. I feel like everybody took up running during the last seven months in COVID. Like, how hard can this be? And now they're in. Are you injured? Did you injure yourself? I injured myself. Not yet. But. They've got the, good. They've got the running athlete course. So that's something like, and listen, if you haven't, if you're going to, if you're going to go around the block in terms of what can I improve about myself and running is something maybe you think you can get a little better at, check out the running athlete course, go super micro tissue tolerance, get real brainy on that as well. Um, plus we've, we've got an episode coming up on sleep and nutrition. They're going around the horn in, all this human stuff because we're all human and we do these things like sleep and eat. Uh, check them out online, orthopt.org. All right, Casey, no pressure whatsoever, but your parting shot is you kind of like your last chance for a mic drop moment. The last thing you want to leave with the audience. So the stage is in fact yours. Oh my goodness. Um, yeah, open lines of communication, basic patient care, basic um, good practice is just open lines of communication between your colleagues. You know, it's, it's more than just your... Um, communication with you and your patient, it's your colleagues as well, and who all is going to be part of your team, and have that open line of communication, have that um, mutual understanding and respect for each other of each other's roles, and include your PTA in all of your conversations. Um, The PTAs have value, and they bring a big voice to the profession and to your clinical um, care, so include us. Include, communicate, um, pay attention, um, um, set expectations and listen, yeah. this is everything we learn in kindergarten, but sometimes yeah. we get, we get further down the road in education. We forget those basics, hammer on the basics. Uh, Casey, appreciate uh, your time. Thanks for giving us some insight. I will be doing some of the things that you just mentioned and making sure I am 
you know, getting one, what did I say? 1% better every day. So uh, thanks for stopping by and coming on the show. Thank you so much for having me. I really appreciate it. See you. Love the PT Pinecast? Yes. Yes. Support the show by telling a friend or by leaving a review on iTunes or Google Play. All right. Show today brought to you by the Brooks Institute of Higher Learning, an innovator in providing advanced post-professional education. Brooks IHL offering continuing education courses in numerous specialty areas, six PT residency programs, an OMPT fellowship, as well as challenging but rewarding internships. The IHL specializes in the translation of information from evidence to patient management, Learn what they can do for you to support your professional development at brooksihl.org. Our home on the internet. ptpinecast.com. Created by Build PT. Build PT provides marketing services specifically for private practice PTs. From website development and hosting. To providing content marketing solutions for PT clinics across the country. See what Build PT can do for you today at buildpt.com. The PT Pinecast is a product of PT Pinecast LLC. It's poured fresh by me, physical therapist, Jimmy McKay. Ingredients are sourced by our chief connections officer, Sky Donovan from Marymount University. And it's brewed fresh by producer and physical therapist, Juliet Dassinger. And by producer and creator, second year PT student, Bridget Nolan from Sacred Heart University. PT Pinecast is a podcast that saves physical therapists from missing out on amazing insight, remarkable ideas, and motivational stories. Make sure to follow us online at PT Pinecast and subscribe on iTunes, Spotify, or Google Podcasts. I absolutely love you. I love you, love you, love you. It's it's awesome. (laughs) Thanks so much for listening. And if you found value in the show, all we ask is that you tell a friend. This has been another pour from the PT Pinecast. The PT Pinecast is intended for educational purposes only. No clinical decision-making should be based solely on one source. While care is taken to ensure accuracy, factual errors can be present. More on the show at ptpinecast.com.